Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Your Fantasy? A fantasy football podcast. I'm one of your co co hosts, MJ Wu AU, here with the Shadow and the Fun Train. Um, we had another, well, up and down week five. Um, of course, we lost Justin Jefferson to IR, James Conner to IR, um, but we do have some players coming back next week, and uh, we're looking forward to the weeks to come, of course, while we can still can enjoy the fantasy season, right? Um, our icebreaker today is, is linked up with the release recently released Beckham documentary. So this is going to be our favorite World Cup moments uh, that we know of that can be recent and f- as far back as we want them to. Um, I'll go ahead and start, of course. Mine is going to be the two, uh, the 2010 FIFA World Cup, uh, USA versus Algeria, in which we got a literally a last second game winning goal um, with Tim Howard throwing a, a bomb of a, of a throw to midfield and eventually landed Donovan reco- recovering the saved initial shot and scoring the game winning goal. Um, I was in a brewery and man, oh man beer was flying everywhere and just complete, like unbelievable moment is for the, me. Is that the goal? Like where he like kicked it like right in front of the goal, like to the upper corner like no it was so they the usa ran down the field and uh one of their players attempted to score uh it was blocked and fell right into the running feet of landon donovan and he just slammed it slammed it to the left side of the goal um might be that same goal but it might be the one that I'm, I'll, I'll have to look it up because there is like a specific goal in mind where he's right uh-huh. in front of the goal and kicks it like it was like a perfect angle kind of kick um but anyway, that's a good. It's so good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Scott. I was going to say, I, I think I remember one from that year where the USA scored, um, but it got called back. And I think this was pre VAR. And had it been post VAR, it would have been a goal. I think it was against Ghana, USA versus Ghana. But uh, another plug for VAR cameras replay should be included in every single sport. Amen, brother. Uh, Fun train since you got us on the the Beckham kick. What's your favorite moment? Yeah, mine would be the Italy versus France 2006 FIFA World Cup final. Um, I think I just distinctly remember the penalty shootout and it being a game down to the wire. And of course, you have the Zidane headbutt in the match. So I think just overall that World Cup final, just a vivid memory for me. And, uh, and yeah, just to pause and not stress enough how much everyone listening needs to go and watch the Beckham documentary much longer than I anticipated, <laughs> but it was thoroughly enjoyable, like told me so much that a lot of people knew about Beckham, but evidently I didn't. Um, but I am now a huge new fan, want to buy a Jersey and, uh, yeah, it's just a super, super well done doc. Yeah, great moment. Um, Shadow, Scott boy. Yeah, so the, as the oldest of the three of us, I'm going to go with most recent memory because it's 
there most vividly. <laughs> um, but I'm talking about uh, this past World Cup, the 2022 FIFA World Cup final, Argentina versus France. France, the defending champions from now five years ago. And uh, we had arguably the GOAT versus the young GOAT, you know, the uh, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes of soccer, Lionel Messi versus Kylian Mbappe. Uh, and this game was a banger. I feel like soccer gets a bad rep because it's not very high scoring like some other sports. And sometimes it can end in a tie. Well, World Cup play uh, in the group stages, it can end in a tie. But the, in, once you get into the knockout stages, uh, it cannot end in a tie, which I think makes it a lot better. But uh, Argentina was up big 2 nothing going into the 80th minute uh Lionel Messi had scored the 23rd um and then Angel Maria had scored the 36th uh and then Mbappe scored in the 80th and 81st minute back-to-back minutes to tie the game 2-2 the game ended up going into extra time Messi scored again in the 108th minute and then Mbappe got the hat trick to tie it again in the 118th minute uh, and it eventually went down to penalty kicks where Argentina won four to two and Argentina knocked off the defending champs, France. Um, I think, yes, most recent World Cup, but it's got to be up there as one of the all time greatest games, uh, if not the greatest final. Yeah, absolutely. That was a, that was actually a fantastic game and um, really a wonderful moment for Lionel Messi, really finally getting the. F- I guess the final piece, the piece de resistance for his uh, career, really, the World Cup win, sealed it all together. Well, listen, we're going to get more into the Beckham documentary later into our podcast, but we'll go ahead and move on to the Week 5 recap. Um, We got a selection of three fine games we had this past weekend, Uh, the first of which, my Chicago Bears pulling out the dub over the Commanders, forty to twenty. Uh, Justin Fields continuing his uh, really crazy tear, passing tear, two eighty-two, four touchdowns, no ints. Um, the Bears um, rushing their entire running back commit like line just went down this week. Um, so, so going to be ex- interested to see what they do in the upcoming weeks. Um, DJ Moore really being the beneficiary of the field's touchdown spree uh, going eight for 230 and three touchdowns just insanity cole commit 542 one touchdown on the washington side sam howell 388 so he's still sing- slinging it two touchdowns one int um 10 total rush attempts for the for the commanders which is really interesting logan thomas uh, getting nine for 77 one touchdown curtis samuel Six for 65, one touchdown. Um, how do you guys feel overall about Justin Fields, especially after these two, I mean, outstanding passing fantasy weeks? And I mean, with the Chicago rush, you know, running back, I mean, entire line. I mean, I, I think Dante Foreman's probably in line to get these starts. Is Fields at this point a, a 100% a must start for you guys or? He's still feeling the jitters from the first yeah. three week. No, he at this point he's definitely a must start. Um, I think it's back to until you prove me otherwise situation. Um, he also has decent matchups coming up. 
Minnesota, Las Vegas, LA Chargers over the next few weeks. So uh, yeah, for me, it's um, you know we've seen his his ceiling, and uh, I don't think he's reached it for the year yet. So I think he can still you know hit above 35, 40 fantasy points on any given week. And I think that rushing floor, I think the more hopefully that his offensive coordinator and coach realize what his talents are, uh, the more that they'll actually use him. So um, uh, yeah, I'm still throwing fields it as a top 10, 12 quarterback. Yeah, I second that. Um, definitely feeling a lot better after these last two weeks compared to the first three. Um, I don't think he was ever not a starter in super flex. Um, but now I think even in single quarterback, uh, he's gotta be an every week starter. Um, and I will say, uh, I went against him in one league this week, lost that matchup because he got 30 points, but I also played him in a league this week and lost that matchup. And he got 40 because it was a, a league where, uh, quarterbacks get six for passing touchdowns. Um, I put up a buck fifty, and the team I was playing put up a uh, buck sixty. So that kind of sucks. Oof. But uh, yeah, definitely feeling good about Fields moving forward. Um, easy start every week. Do you guys feel the same way about DJ Moore? I mean, he's right now half PPR. What's what's your fantasy league settings? Wide receiver three, of course, averaging nineteen point thirty two points and half PPR. Well, he did have this enormous blow up game. Uh, is this a point where the coaches have finally realized we need to target our alpha receiver that we just acquired this off season. Hopefully. Yes. I, I think he's a solid wide receiver too. Okay. Um, with upside, but definitely not. I don't think he's a wide receiver one as he currently stands in the rankings. Um, I think he obviously he just really blew up over the past couple of games and obviously the talent's there, but I just don't think Fields is going to be slinging it consistently enough for him to have consistent uh, wide receiver one output. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that's fair, Steven. Um, so I would definitely be starting him every week. I'd be comfortable starting him every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I 100% wouldn't expect an output like he put up this past week. I think that is probably the highest absolute, amount of ceiling. I think right? that's his absolute ceiling for the season. Um, just because it was so crazy. Uh, three <laughs> touchdowns, so many points. Um, I will say, though, uh, the Bears weren't the only team to figure out that, hey, if you get the ball to your stud, you might actually win football games. The Bengals finally decided to start throwing to Jamar Chase, who also got three touchdowns this week. And guess what? The Bengals won a game. It's not hard. Get it to your studs. Let your studs be, be alphas and and get you points and make all their fantasy managers happy. If only it would be that simple. All right, Scott. Um, we'll move on to our next game, you guys. Tennessee Titans. Uh, losing to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, sixteen to twenty-three. Ryan Tannehill, two sixty-four, one ninety. Uh, Tajay Spears getting the touchdown here, seven for thirty-four. Um, DeAndre Hopkins continuing to show why he's one of, if not the best, ha- hands player slash receiver in this league. Uh, eight for one forty. I mean, insane catch after insane catch. He's He's carrying this team. Um, and 
I mean, a really shabby showing for the Titans this week. And the Colts sadly losing Anthony Richardson to a uh, shoulder sprain. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Um, no touchdowns for either quarterback. Zach Moss being the real gem here. Um, 22, 23 carries, excuse me, 165 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he, I mean, at, right after JT signs his extension, um, Josh Downs going six for 97, no touchdowns. So overall, uh, a very interesting game. Um, I, I guess my real question and what I'm wondering about is how will they, how slowly will they ease Jonathan Taylor, especially with how productive Zach Moss is being, um, do you feel like this could be a really good opportunity to buy Zach Moss for cheap for people who are um, thinking that JT will so you, like, I, I guess eventually usurp him on carries. I mean, do you guys think he can still be productive? Today? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't personally buy him. I don't uh-huh. know if, if someone is out there willing to buy him for something, take it. Um, I, I've heard a lot. I heard some debate on this earlier in the week, and I'm on the side of the table that is they just gave Jonathan Taylor a jumbo contract, and that's their investment, and they Mm -hmm. need to run them to the ground. So to me, it just doesn't make sense to have a dual headed monster. Um, I think Taylor's going to get ramped up pretty quickly. And so I, all, all that to say, I'm, I'm out on Moss. Okay. Yeah. To answer your initial question, um, I hope they don't go as slow as they did this past week. Um, I hope this next week we see a lot more out of JT, um, you know, little bias as a JT owner in one league and need him. But uh, I agree with Steven. I'm not going out and trying to buy Zach Moss. Um, if I'm a Zach Moss owner definitely would be trying to sell him for anything I could get right now. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I would say if I'm a Zach Moss owner, I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess if you can get something decent, I would take it. But also if it turns out the chance that they don't, you know, ramp up Taylor, then I would, I, I wouldn't like, you know, sell him for dirt, but, um, I think uh, I think just if you can get a, a decent deal, it's probably worth parting ways. And if you have Jonathan Taylor, you need to keep him. Period. I, yeah. I think part of the issue is if you have Zach Moss, you cannot feel comfortable starting him so long as JT is in the picture. You have no idea what the distribution is going to be. You have no idea who's going to get what yet. Um, I, honestly, I feel more comfortable starting JT than Zach Moss, even after what we saw this past week. Okay, nice. And do you guys have any... Well, how do you guys feel about Derrick Henry right now? I mean, he is RB15 currently. I mean, I don't. I just don't see the Henry explosion as we're used to, with especially with this Tennessee O-line struggling a bit. Um, I know, Stephen, you have a bunch of Derrick Henry in redraft especially. Are you yeah. worried at all? Or... I think I'm more disappointed than concerned. And I think what you alluded to, I think it's probably more O-line than Derrick Henry. I just, before, I, I almost said concerned, but there's just been way too many times where a player's had a rough start 
and then they just completely blow up and, and yeah dominate. and i i'm definitely not gonna sit here and think that derrick henry's all of a sudden hit his uh age cliff and fallen off so um i'm i'm still setting it and forgetting it every week um obviously tajay spears is having a bigger role than you'd like from a fantasy perspective but Henry's still their guy. I think they still want to run the offense through him. I think um, it's going to take, I would say, if we're going to put a number on it, I think three straight games where he finishes outside the top 20 for me to be concerned about starting him. Three straight. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be quite the the hurdle for me to feel, uh, feel super concerned. Well, Steven won't say it, but I will. I think he is starting to reach that age peak. He has been the guy on the team for over half a decade, putting the team on his back, stiff-arming the opponents to the ground, and that's a lot of wear and tear on a body. Um, and I think we are starting to see a little bit of him slowing down. Yes, the offensive line is not great on Tennessee, Um but also, we're seeing an, up t- an uptick in usage from uh, Tajay Spears, um, the rookie. I think he's starting to get some more looks, um, and I think he could eat into some of Henry's value. It's not just like in years past where Henry's getting everything on that offense. You got Hopkins, mm-hmm. you got Spears, um, Chig is even getting some stuff. Hey, Scott, so, you got any shares of Derrick Henry? I do not, and there's a reason I do not because I think he's hit that age. Um, it, like in Dynasty. Unless you are competing this year, no business owning Derrick Henry. In redraft, sure. I think this might be uh, the year to have him, but I would not be drafting him next year. The point uh, is, no, you no, 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 no. you're all in no matter what. And this if you has, don't have shares, you're going to default no. to the age thing. This has nothing to do – this is not me being biased because I don't have shares in Derrick Henry. Like This is what the eyes are telling me. Like I'm seeing it. All right? He's, he's not – the Derrick Henry of yesterday. Okay. There is a difference. Again, and we're, and we're saying that's likely due to a horrible line versus Derrick Henry being a crepit old man. I mean, I think you're, you're still absolutely starting him every single week. If uh-huh. you own him, um, there's no reason to bench him. There's, there's not, you know, that many better running backs still, but I'm just saying 2023 Derrick Henry is not 2022 Derrick Henry. You know, it's, there's a difference. And mm. where do you stand on that? Dude, until uh, Derrick Henry, once again, had a very slow start to last season until he started rolling. Um, uh, it's one of those things you just got to, you, you got to roll with it. You trust the game, process. trust the process. And I've, you're right. I have yet to see him put up. Uh, let me see some very consistent, poor games for poor, floor games from him before i start deciding anything um great points you guys uh of course the king henry uh these age players always bring up a some heated debate so i love it uh move move on into our final game recap which is going to be the detroit lions pulling out the dub over the carolina Pine, uh, panthers um 42 to 24 jared goff 236 three touchdowns no ints david Montgomery, who have been so high on, uh, 19, 109, one touchdown. Josh Reynolds, four for 76 and a tutty. And Sam, the man, Laporta, uh, three for 47 and two touchdowns. Uh, 
more on him in a bit. Uh, move on to the Panthers. Bryce Young, 247, three touchdowns, two INTs. A lot of this work really came into the fourth quarter um, with Adam Thielen getting his touchdown, I believe, 11 receptions, 107 yards. And then DJ Chark, three for 42, uh, one touchdown. And Tommy Tremble, one for one for one. So not recognizable at all. But I mean, I want to talk about Sammy. I always want to talk about Sammy. Um, and I always want to talk about these Detroit Lions because, man, oh, man, they're looking good. Um, I don't know where to start. I guess SLP. I, I think we talked before um, and we continue to talk about how I feel like majority of us are pretty sold on him for sure being as of right now, Steven, would you say at least a top five dynasty tight end or would you bump that up a bit higher? I would probably say top three right now. And I don't want to, you know, necessarily go all in on recency bias, but yeah, I, I mean, value wise, I don't, I don't see how you can put them outside the top three. Well, who are, who are the other two? Kelsey, Mark Andrews. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, what about Hawkinson? I, I'm still not on the Hawkinson train. How are you still out on a Hawkinson? Because I, it blows my mind. Doesn't, doesn't have he doesn't have proven consistency. Still, oh, well, he has a blow up game once every six games, and th- that gets you all hyped up. To to spoil a little that we're going to talk about in the future part of this episode, uh, Justin Jefferson's out for at least four games on IR. So Fair. I think you're about to see a huge explosion in Hawk at least over the next four weeks. So you're, but you're giving his value to a player being out, which is not what you do for Dynasty. Ooh, a redraft. Spicy, though. I mean, yeah, just to go over his, and I'm looking at Yahoo points, but 7, 22, nine three seven so again like great spike game but again he's just not he's not a consistent fantasy player in my eyes yeah i mean i i don't necessarily disagree with your top three but i think there's an argument for hawk to be up there too um i i would definitely at least have slaps slp in the top five for sure and possibly top three with andrews and kelsey um yeah, I mean, I, I'm in a sticky situation in our What's Your Fantasy Dynasty League. I've got Andrews and SLP. You know, we only have one tight end spot. Yes, I could put him in the flex, but, you know, it's really hard to throw a second tight end in there. Over, in a non, in a, especially in a, a non-tight end premium league. Right, it's non-tight end premium. It's half-point PPR. You know, yeah, he got two touchdowns in that second one. Awesome trick play. Loved it. It was a beauty. Um but he only got three receptions, right? You True. know, if if he doesn't get those two touchdowns, it's not as big of a game, you know. Um, but it is wonderful to see that he's getting looks uh, when it matters, you know, when when there's big points to be had. Yeah, crazy guys, and of course Monty, like I said, being this year's Jamal Williams, which I feel like majority of us really felt. Well, I've, I don't know. I feel like the majority of the fantasy community assumed Jameer Gibbs was going to get a lot of these touches, um, which I do want to quickly bring up Jameer Gibbs, uh, especially in a redraft format. Are you guys uh, completely out or is this a moment where, you know, you're just holding on to him, of course, just waiting out until potentially Montgomery gets hurt? 
Um, I just want to see your overall feelings towards Gibbs being as highly drafted as he was. I think, uh, I mean, it always depends on the situation, but I would rather have Gibbs right now than somebody like Najee Harris. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. Uh, I mean, uh, the Lions are one of those teams right now where you just kind of want a piece. You want a piece of the offense, whether it's uh, Goff in a super flex or uh, Montgomery or SLP or ASB. Um, Jamison Williams, who, yeah, he had a slow first game back, but I think he's about to turn it on. Um, or Gibbs. I think you want a piece of this offense. It's it's one of those teams where you just want a piece somehow. All right. Uh, Steven, anything to add, or are you good, baby? No, I think I'm I'm in, in agreement. He's uh, He's too talented to not try to get a piece of, so wait and see. Okay, very nice, you guys. Um, appreciate your comments, your your answers. Um, we'll go ahead, scoot on over to the Bumble Rumble, uh, hosted by the Fun Train. Uh, Steven, I am excited as always. Yeah, we got a little bit of a change up with the Bumble Rumble this time. Ooh. Instead of just uh, your typical ASL um, location, age, um, we don't do sex because it's guys, but um, <laughs> this time I'm going to give you stats. Um, so kind of a pick A or B kind of player based off of their stat line. So I love it. I'll give you stat line one and stat line two. And you tell me which one that you want to take based off of how they've done so far. Um, so our first pair, we got a couple of wide receivers. Uh, wide receiver one has 22 receptions on 40 targets for the season with two touchdowns. So 22 on 40 with two touchdowns. And then wide receiver two has 25 receptions on 31 targets with one touchdown. So wide receiver two has three more receptions on nine less targets, um, but one less touchdown. So wide receiver one, A, because um, of targets. Yeah, but uh, wide receiver two has more precise targets. Um, man, I think I'm going to go wide receiver one as well. C- can we make guesses on these two? Yeah, so just so you guys are are going with one just based off of volume, then correct. It's yep. always about volume for me. Yeah, with um, the, with guesses. I don't know for some reason I'm thinking like Brandon Ayuk and CD Lamb. Not mm. bad, MJ. Anything you want to throw out? Any crap touchdowns? I think it's like uh, I might be wrong with this. Uh, like ASB and Ayuk. No, so it is. George Pickens was wide receiver one, and Terry McLaurin was wide receiver two. Um, Pretty happy about that. Yeah, I I think I think probably it makes more sense now that you see you know less receptions on a lot of targets. It tends to be what Pickens' history has been. Um, But yeah, on the season, Pickens at sixteen, McLaurin at twenty nine. So. little bit of a gap there but uh but yeah you you guys are both happy with with taking pickens there or would you i guess given the opportunity are you putting pickens over mcclure in your lineup in that wide receiver two spot that's a very good question so 
over these past four weeks while Deontay Johnson's been out? Yes. Okay, that was in the question. Well, that's the answer because I think once Deontay Johnson comes back, um, that target share is going to drop pretty significantly. I think I'd rather have McLaurin. Okay, so uh, also, right now. Uh, well, right now, Pittsburgh's going into a bye, and then Deontay Johnson comes back. So I will take McLaurin. All right, thank you. There we go. There's an answer. MJ? Um. <sighs> Yeah, I'ma say I'm a I'ma stick with the hot hand. All right. And I, I think I think yeah, Deontay Johnson will continue to get looks, but a lot of these touchdowns for Pickens have been it's been Pickett airing it out. I mean, they've been big plays. And yeah. which McLaurin has always been known for. These huge bombs. Um, and I don't really like how the commanders have been really spreading the ball out to players other than I think they should target. Um, I'm being a little Scottish right now, Scottish. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'd totally be happy with Pickens as my wide receiver too. Yeah, you probably want to think that Steelers are maybe in a what do we have to lose situation a lot of the time. And so, dude, they can't run. So <laughs> they're just going to throw it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, next pair, we got two running backs. Um, running back one, 77 attempts. For 298 yards and five touchdowns Ooh. compared to wide receiver, sorry, running back to 76 attempts, so just one less attempt than one, um, 434 yards, so about a 130 more yards than running back one, two touchdowns, so three less touchdowns than one. So I will always take the production. Give me the touchdowns. Yeah, Um I, I think I got to agree with MJ again here. And I think I got a good idea who number one is. Number two is throw me way off for a loop. But you're um, definitely, definitely taking the guy with more to me, less yards. Question Are these rushing touchdowns all rushing touchdowns or are they total touchdowns? I believe they are rushing touchdowns, per, like 90% sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm taking number one too. I think number one is Kyron Williams. Um, Number two, oh man, um, I don't know, MJ. You got a good guess for number two? <clears throat> One touchdown, two, 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 oh, touchdowns. two? two rushing touchdowns. So uh, forty yards, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Brian Robinson. No, 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 wait. Is it Swift? Is it DeAndre Swift? That is correct. You got it both right. Um, it's Kyron Williams and DeAndre Swift. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that, baby. Dude, the side bro connection. I can't. Let's go can't compete. So, so yeah, so Williams, number five on the season. And oh, he smokes five touchdowns for Kyron Williams? Yeah, because he had two games with two. Um, I you. am checking real quick. So, Williams also has 105 receiving yards with one touchdown compared to Swift with 75 yards receiving no touchdown. So, Looks like Williams also has him on the on the reception reception. To, side. to be fair, that was all without Cup being in there. Um, he did have a down yeah. game this past week, but it was the Eagles who have one of the better uh, defensive lines, backs, right? Like crazy. So, like, I'm not concerned about that. I think that's more defense they played. So it sounds like y'all are, y'all are taking Williams, no matter what. Are you putting Williams as your running back one and forgetting it? In one of my leagues, and well, this is a uh, yeah, I actually am because in one of my leagues, 
I went very uh, wide receiver, positional player heavy, and punted RBs where I picked Monty up, Kyron in a late, late pick. But he is starting week to week, every week for me, and Monty every week, yeah. For sure. Yeah. If if you're in a position where you where you were able to draft him or pick him up week one, I think you are absolutely starting him every week. Um, depending on yeah, if you had a strategy like MJ where you punted RB, then yeah, he's probably your RB one. Um, I would say probably in most people's situation, he's going to be your RB two. Mm-hmm. In my situation, he's still on my taxi, and like I said, I'm Must playing. Nice. I'm playing the matchup until I need him. I'm not going to take him off just because I don't want to lose the roster spot. Um, I think I'm okay this week, but I might take them off next week. We'll see. All right. The last pair is two quarterbacks. We got quarterback one with 1,498 yards, 13 touchdowns, four INTs, and just 22 yards rushing. So again, that's 1,498 yards, 13 touchdowns, and just four interceptions, 22 yards rushing versus 1,287 yards passing, 10 touchdowns and four INTs, and 154 yards rushing. So quarterback two has about 200 yards less passing, three less passing touchdowns, but about 130 more yards rushing. All right, so I think I know who both of these guys are. I think I own them them both in the same league. I I think I know for a fact that number two, uh, I won't say him because I want MJ to guess, but I'm going to go with number two because I am very confident that I know who it is. Um, MJ, what would you your guess? Dude, number two, I don't know. I have a feeling it's like Sam Howell. Probably not, but I'll... This one's tough. I can. I'll, I'll go with. I'll go with A. A's been my lucky. So, number two is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think what? number one. I think number one is Kirk Cousins. That's correct. Got them both right. I the side <laughs> the side bro connection. I I cannot compete. See so a big uh, big Kirk go. It's not a numbers guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so to be fair on the Patrick Mahomes one. Um, as part of my research for the podcast, I saw those numbers. So as soon as you started reading those off, I was like, well, I know who that is. Um, and then mm-hmm. based on the touchdowns and yardage, uh, that kind of gave away Kirko. Just uh, how how many so, – so Kirk is four on the season, Mahomes is six. What do you think the point difference between their, uh, their total on the season is? Like fantasy point total? Yeah. What, like um, 40 Two? Oh no 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 no! Not no. that much. It's it's probably like 20. eight or nine eight or nine points. Less than one and a half. Yeah, Mahomes has more rushing. Yeah, so that that t- tells you what what those rushing yards, what those yesterday routes can make up for. But, uh, Shit, I yeah, they're they're pretty close. Um, that is our three pairs, and with that, I'm going to turn it over to Scott. All right, we've got a new segment of On the Clock. Um, and uh, who wants to go first? Steven, you've gone second every the past two weeks. Please, I invite you to go first. Oh, that's so so nice of you, MJ. All right, Steven, you get your choice. Yeah, because do he doesn't want, get a choice. Do you want Leaf or Carnegie? 
You said Carnegie? Yeah, Leaf or Carnegie? I'll take Carnegie. There you go. All right. Of course, we're talking about Andrew Carnegie, most famous for his steel. So we're going to be talking about the Steelers here. Uh, as I kind of alluded to earlier, Deontay Johnson has said he will return from IR in week seven after Pittsburgh's bye week this week, week six. Does he automatically become the wide receiver one again, or has Pickens done enough to steal the job away? Uh, that's question one. <laughs> Can the Steelers support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers, and do you feel comfortable starting either in your lineup on a weekly basis? I'll give you 45 seconds. Ready? Go. No, I don't think he automatically pops in as the wide receiver one. We kind of talked about Pickens earlier, and I think that he's got a lot higher upside. So, yes, it's possible, but no, it's not automatic. Uh, two, I forgot all the questions. I think you asked if... Can the Steelers support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers? Mm. So fantasy-relevant, I would say two top 30 wide receivers... I'm going to say no, not on a consistent basis. I don't think so. Um, so I guess with that, I'm probably waiting to put Deontay Johnson in my lineup until I see otherwise. Um, and what was the last question? Do you feel comfortable starting either in your lineup every week? So you said no to Johnson. How about Pickens? Uh, yeah, he, I'm comfortable with him as my flex right now. Okay, cool. So uh, you took a little over a minute there. That's fine. The clock doesn't really matter. It's just the name of the segment. Uh, so that leaves <laughs> MJ with uh, with Leaf, as in Leaf Erickson, uh, who is oh, Vikings. who was a Viking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, on the other side of the IR coin, Justin Jefferson is headed to IR, which means he's going to be out for a minimum of four weeks. Does Jordan Addison become an every week wide receiver one in his absence? What is his ceiling? What is his floor? And is he guaranteed? Is he a guaranteed start, flex, or bench player once Jefferson returns? I'll give you a full minute because that's a lot to okay. unravel. Okay. So first, first things first. Uh, I think the beauty of Addison was that he was given a position where he didn't have to match up with the best or second best cornerback. Uh, he, he was in a position where Hawk and Jefferson were getting, well, Jefferson, of course, getting double teamed. Um, I think I, I have this weird gut feeling. Okay. I have this real gut feeling that it's going to be kind of a trap situation where everyone's going to be sold into the, that narrative. I don't think he's going to be as productive as everyone thinks. I think his ceiling is going to be probably around, honestly, uh, because he'll have some pop games. I mean, respectable 10.6 points. Um, and his floor probably around five or six points. Now, there's a lot. Um, when Jefferson comes back, I think he's going to be at least a flex play with a little bit more experience. I know I don't, I don't think I've answered everything, but uh, you, you, you hit it. You're right at a minute. Uh, I guess what I was more so going for with the ceiling and floor was like, 
like wide receiver 10 versus oh. like wide receiver 30. But I mean, answering via points, that's kind of fair too. So if you had to put him in a rank structure, where, what do you think over the next four weeks, his ceiling could be across all wide receivers yep. and his floor could be? So ceiling for sure, um, low end wide receiver two. And I think the ceiling will be, I mean, so, floor, I'm so, sorry. So like 22, 23, 24. Yeah, that would be, be his floor. Ceiling. I'm going to say ceiling. Oh, okay. I, 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 that's just me. I have this weird... I just don't think you match him up with a better cornerback. I, like, I think he's had an opportunity to burn the defensive player. He Like, he's just been set up so well. And this is going to be the opportunity for him to really show that. I don't necessarily believe that. I think his floor is going to be probably around... I mean, a whole tier below that low end wide receiver three. So okay. I don't really have that much belief in him either way. I'm very cautious about that. Awesome. No, those are great answers. Uh, I, I like the alternative narrative there. Cause I think, yeah, most people you talk to, uh, Addison is super highly valued right now. Um, people are not wanting to trade him and people are paying stupid prices if they are trying to acquire him. Um, so yeah, awesome. Well, with that, uh, we'll turn it back over to you, MJ, uh, leading us in MFK this week. Oh, yeah, baby. So MFK for this week, uh, we're talking about some of these. Uh, I'm on just a wonderful roll talking about all these veteran players that we have in our league. Uh, this time about some of these running backs. Uh, one of them has actually been performing. They're all a bit older and are coming to that age cliff. Okay, so we're going to start off with one we've talked about already. Derek Henry, RB15 currently. Oh, this is half PPR scoring. Um, Joe Mixon, RB17. And Alvin Kamara. Yes, he's missed games. RB31 for the year already, but has I believe last two games has gone averaging over 20 points. Who would like to go first? That's a good one, MJ. Thanks, man. That is tricky, tricky, tricky. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to marry Alvin Kamara. I'm going to friends with Benjamin Fitz, Derek Henry, and Kill Joe Mixon. Oh. Um, I think I think Kamara is going to be the focal point of that offense, and I think he's just got a super high floor. Um, Henry, again, I think he's still got a pretty high floor potential and, uh, I think he's got room to pop off at any moment. And then Mixon, I, I almost took Mixon over Henry, but, um, I think Mixon's lows will be lower than Henry lows. Henry's lows. Mm. So that's the reason for that. Choo-choo. I second Steven's opinion. Uh, Marion Kamara, I think we've seen enough in the two weeks that he's played that, yeah, he's going to be the focal point of that offense. Um, love to see just all the touches he's getting. Um, targets and carries. Uh, love it. Um, I think Kamara is by far the Mary in this bunch. Um, Henry would be the friends of bench fits. I think he definitely has the higher floor than Mixon, week-to-week floor. Um, and he has the same ceiling, like they could both explode for 30 plus in a week. Um, Mixon, part of the Bengals right now. Uh, 
with Joe Burrow being banged up, I think offenses have easily been honing in on the run game. Um, they keep saying that Joe Burrow is not going to be hundred percent healthy for a while. Like if you are a defense that's going in to play the Bengals, I think your number one has got to be to stop the run, make them throw the ball, mm-hmm. um, you know, make, make Joe Burrow work on that, uh, hurt calf. So, um, and I think even once Joe Burrow is fully healthy, like Steven said, uh, Henry just has a higher output in general than Mixon. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm going to go chew, chew, chew here, gentlemen. Um, listen, Kamara's exceeded expectations. Um, I knew he's going to look great. Um, let's see here. Joe Mixon, I really just... Uh, I don't even think has he gotten a rushing touchdown this year? Maybe one, but he hasn't really. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I think the de- yeah I agree, Steve uh, Scott. That teams are just all, yeah keep bringing the heat. They bring the heat to get Joe Burrow on his heels, and he bring the heat. I mean, it's going to be difficult to run. So he's definitely going to be my kill. And friends with Benchovitz King Henry, who can get three goal line touchdowns in a week and completely swing things for you. So, who, Scotty boy, would you like to go next? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take it. Um, so I went with three wide receivers uh, that I guess you can say kind of have carried with them um, almost a bad stigma since they've been in the league. Like they've been players that you've kind of just avoided for one reason or another, or they've like has some super highs and then like some super lows. Um, but for one reason or another, people have just generally been down on them. But this year, they have done enough to turn it around. Um, and they are all arguably at least flex plays, week to week flex plays. And of course, uh, I'm talking about Jacoby Myers, Nico Collins, and Hollywood Brown. MFK. Oh. I don't think Nico deserves to be in this bunch. Oh, he hasn't had a, he, he's just a young player. <laughs> um, still a very tough question though. I mean, honestly, Jacoby kill easy. No question. Um, I'm going to marry Nico Collins, friends of bench fits, Hollywood Brown and kill Jacoby Myers. I think Nico Collins is, going to be CJ Stroud's guy going forward. And I I think Hollywood probably has a higher ceiling, um, but I think he also has a pretty low floor. Um, So for that reason, I'm going to take Nico over Hollywood, but Jacoby is the easy kill. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to to... I'm going to marry Marquise Brown. Um, I think Coach Gannon is making it a point to really target the weapons that they have, use the weapons at their disposal. And I think what they're doing with Josh Dobbs has shown that um, really at least efficient play. Yeah, he did have, what, a pick six at his goal line last week. Um, But I think he's been wonderfully efficient and scoring points, and the offense is feeding off off the team play. Um, this is a little bit tough because I, I actually do like Myers and he seems to be more than anything Garoppolo's 
safety blanket. Um, and I really, and you guys know how much I love Collins, but I'll have to, I'll honestly have to friends with bench. Fitz Myers here. Um, I will give Collins, uh, my kill just because I'll give him and Stroud a little bit more time to gel. But he, I mean, he's output like what 30 plus points in a week already, but, um, let's wait until defenses really start keying in into what Stroud does well. And then let's see from there. So. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'm going to be a little bit different from all you guys. Um, I am going to marry Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Um, he has had a consistent four weeks in a row where he's had at least 14 points uh, in our What's Your Fantasy scoring. Um, I love that as just a solid floor. If that's what he's doing every week, give it to me. I would gladly take that from any player on a given week, um, any wide receiver. I'm going to friends with Benchavitz, Jacoby Myers. Um, so that's what MJ said. All right, well, then I'm agreeing exactly with what MJ said. I, I, mean, <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head that – I think he's finally found um, a quarterback that likes him and respects him as the wide receiver he is. I think the Patriots were just trash and didn't use him appropriately. Uh, and now he's getting a lot of looks. That Monday night game was amazing. Um, you know, obviously he's never going to be better than Devontae Adams, but if if the uh, defense is loading up their best player against him, it leaves Myers, you know, on the weaker defender. And uh, yeah, I think... He is looking great this year. Um, I saw I got to kill Nico Collins. Like, yeah, he's having a, a really good year this year. Um, Stroud has made that offense, you know, a lot better than we thought it would be. Um, I still think, you know, just compared to the other two, there's more to go around in that offense uh, with Schultz and Woods and Damian Pierce um, and Stroud himself being the the running quarterback that he is or the with the rushing upside um i think he can take some value away from from nico collins as well steven um mine's gonna be pretty straightforward but i i'm uh going all in on my beckham theme so the three players are david and joku odell beckham jr and the wild card game David's um okay uh easier than Ooh. listen this reminds me of remember my my crappy receiver <laughs> spicy ones. <laughs> good man thanks for the memories um listen i'm this is gonna be pretty easy for me beckham is gonna be my kill um <laughs> dude just odell is just He's past his time to play in football. I mean, he's past everything. Just he left after the first play this last week. He's just been injured after every game. Um, listen, I'm gonna say Gabe Davis is gonna be my Mary. Um, Gabe, who's actually been surprisingly um, outputting a ton of points this year. Is he a wide receiver too currently? Hey, spoiler, we'll we'll get into that later on. Okay, got it. Nice. I, I'm pretty sure he is. And I think he, I feel like he's getting a touchdown the past three weeks, um, which is great to see him getting all these targets. Friends with Bench Fitz, friends with Bench Fitz and Joku, just for you know, given the benefit of the doubt, we really haven't seen the Browns excel necessarily in the passing game yet. And Watson is 
coming off his shoulder sprain, it looks like, and he's day-to-day, so I'll give him some time. Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I gotta kill Beckham as yeah. well. Uh, OBJ, I think, uh, I think this is it for him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's being shadowed by Andrews and Zay Flowers. Uh, I think I'd rather even have Bateman over him in that offense, honestly. Um, between the other two, a little bit of a toss up, but I think I gotta I gotta give the nod uh, to Gabe Davis. I gotta marry him surprisingly because I'm I'm not big on Gabe Davis, but better offense in general. Um, and unfortunately for those of us that are huge Dalton Kincaid believers and truthers, uh, I think Gabe Davis has actually been the number two in that offense this year, and and I don't see that changing. Um, David and Joku, then French Benchovitz. So, um, yeah, not a huge fan of that offense either, especially with Chubb out, but I, I like Njoku over Beckham. Yeah, I think easy Mary for uh, Gabe Davis. Um, I couldn't come up with another David or Beckham that would be relevant. So he was the best guy I come up with. So uh, Mary Gabe Davis, and then you guys convinced me to take Njoku over Beckham. Beckham is struggling quite a bit, and Njoku at least has a, you know, more capable offense at this point. So I'll uh, I'll take him, but pretty pretty easy one. Um, with that, we are going to yeah. go back to Scott for an update on our YTD side bets. Yeah, so we've currently had eight side bets so far. Um, I guess technically starting before the year even started. Uh, And we'll just kind of run down in order uh, how things stand after five weeks. So side bet number one, uh, I bet that CMC would finish outside the top five at running back. Uh, Steven and MJ took the opposite. Yes, as we all know, CMC has been the number one running back this year so far. Uh, Using our what's your fantasy scoring for all of these stats, uh, CMC currently stands at number one with 124.8 fantasy points, which is 23.6 more than number two, Devon Achan, um, who we know is unfortunately going to IR. so CMC seems to clearly be running away with that bet. Um, I think as long as he stays healthy, not a good bet on my part. <laughs> um, side bet number two, uh, I bet that CD Lamb would finish ahead of Calvin Ridley in fantasy this season. Steven and MJ took the opposite. This has got to be the closest of all okay. so far. Crazy it. close. Lamb is number 19 with 57.4 fantasy points. To Ridley, number 20 with 56.7. So back-to-back in the wide receiver rankings. Yep, back-to-back and only uh, a difference there of uh, 0.7 points. Um, So, so far, I am slightly leading that, uh, but it's close. I love close ones, baby. Yeah, that one should be fun throughout the year. Um, Side bet number three, uh, I bet that ASB, Amon Ross St. Brown, 
uh, finishes outside the top 10 at wide receivers in fantasy. Steven and MJ took the opposite. Uh, <laughs> he's currently number 21 uh, with 56 and a half. Yes, he uh, just missed a week due to injury, um, but that's that's part of the bets. Uh, side bet number four, Steven and MJ bet that Jamison Williams uh, finishes with less than 125 fantasy points. Um, as we know, he got to come off his suspension two games earlier than previously expected. Um, he played for the first time this past week, uh, and he got 1.2 fantasy points. Not ideal, uh, but at least he's on the board earlier than expected. Um, Cash me yeah. I mean, what, got uh, 123.8 to go in how many weeks? 12 weeks? It's doable. That's, uh, that's 10 points a week. We'll see. Um, side bet number five, and... Uh, this is actually uh, the first of three that are also shotgun bets. Um, Steven bet that Javante Williams finishes with a higher average points per game than Jerry Judy. Uh, me, MJ, and Commissioner Chaos Dave took the opposite. Uh, it currently stands at 6.1 for Javante to 7.57 for <laughs> Judy. So that one is awesome. Hey. Right now, uh, they both have played four games. Uh, Judy has a slight edge right now. Side bet number six: Stephen and MJ bet that Cup Cooper Cup finishes higher at wide receiver than Lawrence finishes at quarterback. I took the opposite. Cup obviously just played his first game uh, this past week. He currently stands at number ninety-two in the wide receiver rankings. And Lawrence sits at number 17 uh, in the quarterback rankings. Lots of football left to be played. I think that one will become much tighter as the year goes on, uh, assuming health. Uh, and then the last two, side so bet seven and eight are also both shotgun bets. Um, I bet that Tua finishes outside the top 10 at quarterback. Steven MJ and Commissioner Chaos Dave took the opposite. Uh, he currently sits at number five. And the last one, Keenan Allen finishes outside the top 10 at wide receiver. Steven, MJ, and Dave took the opposite. Uh, Allen currently sits at number seven. Uh, those are... With a buy. Yeah, with a buy. You got a point there. So uh, I think also assuming health for Keenan Allen, I think that's uh, that's one that I'm probably going to bite the bullet on. Uh, but we'll see. There's lots long of season, baby. left in play. Long season, long season. All, all really good bets, though. I feel like there's... Except for the CMC one, I feel like they're all pretty reasonable. Uh, yeah, I think so far I agree. I think the CMC one, you know, I uh, yeah, I, I've I've not a CMC truther tr- uh, through and through, and I think um, he's definitely proved me wrong this year more than any other year. So uh, that's our side in his back pocket. Sure, that's uh, that sounds nice. <laughs> With that, we're going to move over to Jukebox. Juke. So you guys heard it. We're staying on theme with Beckham. And so, of course, we got to talk about his right-hand woman, Victoria Beckham, a.k.a. Posh Spice, a.k.a. part of the Spice Girls. Who doesn't love the Spice Girls? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't name one person. So, got a couple of Spice Girl songs for you guys today. The first one, of course, we got to go with the biggest hit. 
which is MJ. Any, any guesses? What wannabe? Yep, that's if it. Wanna be my lover. <laughs> so wannabe is the first song. Um, as they say, if you want my future, forget my past. If you want to get with me, better make it fast. So oh. we got Russell Wilson, who is quarterback eight for this year versus sixteen finish of last year and Gabe Davis the Gabe Davis who is 12 on the year versus 27 last year. So for either of these guys, are you willing to forget their recent past, make it fast and put them in your starting lineup as a quarterback 1 and wide receiver 2 respectively? I mean, to, all right, go ahead. Yeah, you got it. I mean, I'm going to say yes and yes and I'll tell you why it, it's it's pretty easy for me. Um, you probably got these players at a very big oh, bargain, no doubt. Big bargain, and the fact that they're producing now um, at such a high rate, like although I do have to say, Russell Wilson just and the Broncos continue to find ways to lose. It, <laughs> I don't know, bless mine, but yes, I'd be totally comfortable. Yeah, you know, if I really loaded up in wide receivers, running backs. Um, you know, uh, probably paid a, a high end price for a tight end. If I'm, I'm picking Russell Wilson as my QB one, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're in my lineups. If the, if they're, you know, if I had to choose them at that point, you know, um, I would be totally comfortable with them as my QB one and wide receiver two. Yeah, uh, I'll take the opposite. I'm going to go no and no. Um, and yeah, I get what MJ is saying. You probably got them at a great value, but how bad were your earlier picks that you're having to start one or either of these players? Now, if it's super flex, Wilson 100% is a viable super flex play week to week. Uh, if we're talking single quarterback league, I can name 12 quarterbacks I'd rather be starting on a weekly basis than Russell Wilson, 100%. Uh, Gabe Davis... I don't feel comfortable with it. He's he's the Mike Williams of the Buffalo Bills. Um, he's going to be the guy that has boom bust weeks. He'll put up 31 week and then he'll give you two the next. Um, I hate putting players like that in my starting lineup. Um, so I will take the no-no. I think I am also going no-no on this one. Um, Gabe Davis is inching, inching towards it. I think he's a flex play, but uh, he's not – wide receiver two viable for me. Yeah. I will say last game, obviously he got, you know, eight targets for a hundred yards and a touchdown. So that's a pretty solid game, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I still need to, to wait and see on him. And, and, and MJ, as you alluded to the Broncos find ways to lose. I, I <laughs> will said I, for, if we're going to put a number on number of weeks, um, I think I would need to see him be a top 10 quarterback. So he's, number eight on the season right now. He needs to stay in the top 10 for three more weeks for me to consider him a top 10 quarterback for someone that I would want to start. For this Real season. quick, Gabe Davis through five weeks, four points, 19 points, 10 points, 13 points, 19 points. So like even just looking at that, He's got his really low weeks. He's got his really high weeks. I think he's had two high weeks in a row. So this next week is going to be a low week against the Giants. It's kind of like a better version of Hawkinson, you know? Okay, he's a wide receiver versus a tight end in a position that's much deeper. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm a wait and see on, on both of them. But good points. 
or both. Um, mm. Next on, To Become One, which I don't know if y'all have heard this one, but it is a bop. It's a, to keep the tradition going, it's NSFW. Oh, um, heck yeah. Scott's new favorite acronym. So um, can't go into details in the song, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll take the title for now. Uh, we got a lot of great wide receiver duos in the NFL, and this this could be a whole debate itself. I don't know if we want to go out on a tangent, but just throw out some of the the great duos. We got Hill Waddle, Brown Smith, Chase Higgins, Metcalf Lockett, Samuel Ayuk, Evans Godwin. I would say those are probably consistently, you know, the top duos that we hear. We also got Cup and Nakua. With that said. Do Cup and Nakua have the ability to become the one wide receiver duo in the NFL? And if not, what's their ceiling? Oh my gosh. I'll go first on this one. Thank you. No, because um, I think you named five others that have had a long proven history. And I think it's going to be hard for the two of them to surpass all five of them. Um, I think they could probably pass... Evans Godwin, um, maybe even Higgins Chase, just because Higgins been hurt, has had a down year and could be traded. Um, but I don't think they're passing Devontae Smith and uh, AJ Brown for sure. Um, I you can Samuel, the Niners just such a good offense right now. Um, I don't know about them either. Um Hill Waddle. Uh yeah, Hill Waddle, no. Oh. No. Um, sure. What was the second part of that question? Uh, what's their ceiling? So, like, where, like, what, what's their ceiling as far as where do they rank in the duos? Uh, I'd put them at three. Um, I, th- I think they could possibly beat one of the Eagles, Dolphins, Niners, but they're not going to beat two of those teams. Also, just to, just to clarify, so you're you're putting Samuel and Ayuk in the Hill Waddle Brown Smith territory. I, they are my three, so I, yeah. I would go. I would go. Um, man, it's tough between. It Eagles is very and tough, man. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, dolphins. Oh wait, yeah, yeah dolphins, dolphins. I, I, man. So, I think the issue is Hill is definitely the best, but I also think Waddle is the worst of the four. Like I think mm-hmm. I, I think at least what we've seen so far, Waddle's been a little bit banged up. There's more mouths to feed in the right. in the dolphins, like. I think MJ's right though. I think uh, Dolphins, Eagles, Niners, Rams, Bengals, Bucks, in that order. Oh, MJ, man. So I guess going back to the original question, do they have the ability to become one? And if not, what's their ceiling? I I know Matthew Stafford is looking so much better than we thought they were going to look. The entire offense has looked better than we thought. Um. I, gosh, that's such a tough question. I love this question, actually. I I don't think, I do not think they have the ability to be the number one duo. I do think, I agree, around three, four. Um, it's just so hard to pass on the Dolphins, the Eagles. And for me, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, look, I mean, I think, dude, I, at this point, I think, with Jamar Chase getting as much volume as he is right now, it doesn't matter that T Higgins is out. He'll make up for it. Right. Yeah. So uh, definitely top five, I think would be my, my 
ceiling for them. Man, that's, I mean, I guess it's just a decent ceiling for the unexpected. I, I think I'm, I'll, I'll also say no. Um, for me, it's Hill, Hill Waddle is the no question king. I, I, I obviously Hill is the leader of the pack, but Waddle's been banged up and I, I don't think he's any less talented than Devontae Smith. Um, but, uh, but still, I think AJ Brown, Devontae Smith have the number two slot pretty locked in and I'll put three agreeing with Scott for their, for cup and Nikua ceiling. Just again, I mean, last game wasn't expecting them both to have the great games that they did. So if that is a possibility, um, I'm, uh, I'm on board to see what, what could come from it. So definitely on board. Yeah. I, I would say, uh, there was an earlier episode, maybe two, three weeks ago, we were talking about the cup return and its impact on Nakua. Um, and I said, uh, I, I no longer thought Nakua would be a weekly starter. I, uh, redact that statement. I think Nakua is a weekly starter until we see otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you got him, you got him at the ultimate premium and, uh, good for you. Continue to start him every week. Good things will happen. Yep. That's a uh, great uh, lesson for using your fab and waivers. I mean, sometimes it'll work out. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's definitely one that has worked out for you. Um, with that, we will turn it back to Scott for fantasy flash. All right. Uh, fantasy flash week five, Thursday night football, more rushing yards. It was Fields and Herbert as a duo, or Hal and Robinson Robinson Jr. Um, and uh, yeah, Washington just decided not to play good defense, and the Bears decided to play good defense. So uh, it was 133 rushing yards for the Bears duo to 29 Yikes. for the Commanders duo. Um, Stephen and MJ with plus one on that one. Uh, Sunday Night Football. We had an over-under, two-and-a-half interceptions. And it was three, all by Dak. And it was an ugly game. Um, both MJ and I took the over on that one, so we got plus one. Let's go, baby. Sorry, Cowboys. I'm sorry. Monday, uh, it, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Monday Night Football, more targets, Romeo Dubs or Josh Jacobs. And it was four for Dubs to five for Jacobs, MJ and I plus one. So MJ with the perfect week, I went two and one and Steam went one and two. So the standings have gotten a little bit tighter. Um, Steven still leads by one at nine and six, MJ in second at eight and seven. Let's go. And, and me in a not so distant third at seven and eight. So uh, Steven has a two game lead over me and a one game lead over MJ going into week six. Thursday night football, Broncos versus Chiefs, over under four and a half passing touchdowns, total passing touchdowns. And before you answer, this is how I knew Mahomes was one of the quarterbacks uh, earlier. Wilson has had 11 passing touchdowns through five games. Mahomes has had 10 uh, through five games. So they're each averaging right around two per game. So over under four and a half. I've already made my picks. So you guys go ahead and make yours. Under. I'm going under. I'm going over. I think uh, there's going to be lots of passing touchdowns in this one. Uh, Sunday night football. We have the Giants versus the Bills. 
Uh, and honestly, these teams are so night and day. It was hard to find a decent comparison. Um, but based on stats alone, this one should be interesting. More rushing yards. Daniel Jones or Josh Allen? Daniel Jones has 197 through five weeks. Josh Allen has 120. So Daniel Jones was 77 more through five weeks. Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm going to take Allen here too. I'm taking Jones. Oh, oh man. Oh, my we gosh, got, Scott. You're rolling the dice. Uh, you are. Hey, when, when you're you take the gambles, baby. Yeah. Uh, Monday Night Football, Cowboys versus Chargers. More targets. And we got team tandems again. We have CeeDee Lamb and Ferguson. Uh, Lamb has 35 on the year. Ferguson with 28. So total, they have 63 targets on the year. Or Keenan Allen and Everett. So Keenan Allen has 44 on the year. Everett has 14 for a combined 58. So Cowboys duo versus Chargers duo, 63 to 58. More targets? More targets. Give me Keenan Allen. Cheap shot with Gerald Everett, but I'm still taking Allen to override the other two. It was it was the closest I could make the uh, the targets. It was top wide receiver and top tight end. Ah, oh, gosh, man. Uh, I really, really want to take the Allen side here. Let me see if I can decide really quickly. Eckler's coming back. Ugh. You know what? I, I'm going to differentiate. I'm going to I'm gonna go the other side. I'm going to go with Lamb for... Man, uh, I thought it was going to be three for three, me against you two. I also picked CD and Ferguson um, because of basically what Steven said. I think Ferguson has not over Everett and targets, and uh, with Eckler coming back, I think that'll take some away from Allen. Um, but yeah, uh, some some... Good differentiation there. Steven and I were completely opposite, so uh, it could make or break me. We'll see what happens. MJ, close us out. Yeah, man. Listen, I have to say just how euphoric that feeling is of going 3-0 and for the week um, on Fantasy Flash. I think, Steven, you've done it twice already this season, right? Have I? Twice? I, th- I think you both have had one perfect week. Steven was oh, week one. four, and MJ was week five. I have yet to have a perfect week. That. It means I'm due, right? Yeah, back to back yeah, to back. Yeah, it's, it means you're due, baby. Um, listen, I definitely one of my favorite segments. Uh, gentlemen, uh, amazing podcast tonight. Um, I know we definitely crept up in the time here, but I need to thank everyone who continues to listen to us, support us. Um, if you have any suggestions, reach out. Um, as and really, you know, invite everyone to really enjoy this time of year. Um, I went, I had a wonderful weekend going to farmer's markets with my wife, um, going on multiple walks, enjoying this weather. And then Sunday, just diving back into the football hole. You know, I I love it. This is one of my favorite times of the year. So, um, Steven. Yeah. Um, reiterating. Thank you so much for everyone who's listening. I want to give a shout out to, uh, one of my trainers, Danny, who, uh, he's, listen to the podcast a few times and I think may now be a loyal listener. So if you're listening still, Danny, thank you so much for the support and appreciate you uh, hyping me up. And um, he has told other people uh, at the gym as well. So I really appreciate him getting the word out, but uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Let us know what you like. 
what you want to hear and uh, let's get the train rolling. Yeah. Just to uh third, what they say, uh, thank you listeners. We appreciate it. Um, we really enjoy doing this, but we hope that we give you some kind of fantasy benefit um, out of this and you enjoy our back and forth, our banter, our uh, sexual innuendos um, and our, uh, our arguments. And uh, we just hope you keep listening and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in and tuning out now. This is what's your fantasy fantasy football podcast we'll see y'all next time sweet sweet fantasy baby